every time uh, Vicky speaks, uh, it, it she brings it, and uh, and so I'm putting pressure on her. And so yeah. if she doesn't bring it, uh, she, no, she will. She'll bring it tonight. Uh, Spirit of God lives in her, and she's uh, awesome, awesome. And so uh, I'm going to give her some time. I do want to just say tonight, hook up in faith. Uh, it, it's it's essential. Sometimes we go to church and and we do it at a routine, and we don't uh, we don't connect. And what connects you is is your faith, your hunger. Uh, and if you're hungry, uh, the Bible says you will be filled. God's going to fill you. There's something that God wants uh, to say to you tonight, say to me, say to us. He knew that this night was going to be here before it ever came. He knew that you would be here. He knew that you were going to uh, weather the weather and get here and be here. And I, I believe with all my heart it's not uh, in vain. It's because he wants to say something specific uh, to you for your situation, your circumstance, your life, your your spiritual walk, whatever it may be, and uh, and you know how the Holy Spirit is. He may take some, one one little thing, one little moment in a whole message, and radically change your life. It 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 doesn't take but one second. Amen. And so tonight, let's gather our hearts and let's lift them up to God and say, God, we're yours. Whatever you want to do tonight, have your way have your way. Would you bow your hearts and let's do that? God, we are opening up our lives to you. You're Lord of all. You're Lord of tonight. You're Lord of this time. We ask you, Lord, that you would just take this time. You would speak to us. Use your servant, Lord. Use your daughter to speak to us tonight. And God, I just thank you for that. We honor you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, let's stand to our feet and give Miss Vicky a big old welcome tonight. And and let's—I mean, big one. Come on now. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, got some props. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I have felt very—I have felt very compassionate, or very passionate, about what I'm going to talk about tonight. Um. I'm going to pray real quick. I'm going to pray real quick. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this time. I'm so, so very grateful that you set us in this place together so that we can trust you, so that we can learn a little more about you, so that we can hear you. Father, I pray that the ears that are willing to hear you today and that the hearts that are willing to receive from you, the, heart, the, the minds, the ears, the hearts that are looking to hear from you, Father, that they would receive what they came here for tonight, that they would hear the answer, that they would receive the answer and the wisdom, the knowledge that you have so set for them. Father, I'm so grateful, so grateful to be here with everybody, and I just thank you for it, Father. I thank you for instilling this passion inside of me, and I pray that it just interprets to everybody's ears in this place today. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. You know, the first thing I wanted to tell you all um, is God is not a thief. God, our Father,
I'm so passionate about this because this makes me furious. This, this ticks me off. And I have been infuriated lately. This ticks me off. God is not a thief. God does not kill and God does not destroy. God does not take away. It says in John 10 that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he has come that we may have life and that more abundantly. We have got to believe and we have got to trust what the word of God says. I sat here a couple of Sundays ago and I was talking to Heather Grace. Grace, And do I struggle when bad things happen to good people? Yes, I struggle when bad things happen to good people. Do I question? Yes, I do. But do I lose my hope and my faith in God? No, I do not. I will not take one step backwards. My faith will not miss a beat. If you want somebody to believe with you and trust God for you and lay their hands on you, I will trust God for you and I will believe with you. I am there for you. I will believe God with you. If you need somebody right there for you, I'm there. I'm going to continue fighting for God. God doesn't necessarily need somebody to fight for him, but I'm going to be here fighting for God. I'm not going to fight for the world. I'm not going to settle, and I'm not going to lay back and settle for what the world says when God says I can have life and that more abundantly. I don't have to be sick. I don't have to live in poverty. I don't have to do that. That's not what God set in the path for me to do. God said I can have life and that more abundantly. And do I understand that when things come up against you, kind of like this flower here, when things come up against you and it buffets you on every side, it's just like taking a petal from here. Oh, that hit me from that side. That sickness hit me from that side. And it hit me from this side and it hit me from this side and then something all comes together and it just tears you all apart. And then if this is not nourished and if it's not watered, it's going to begin to bend and it's going to begin to break if it's not nourished and it's not watered. And if that's just like the word of God, the word of God is our nourishment and it's our water, it's our health. And if we don't nourish ourselves in the word of God, then we're going to bend and we're going to break and we're going to conform to what the world says. So I just want to encourage you because I'm so passionate about this. I am furious I am furious with the ways of the world. I'm furious with us compromising and, and accepting what the ways of the world says and not what God says. When God says we can have life and that more abundantly. In the word of God it says that we have the same, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And the word of God also says that if I lay my hands on the sick that they will recover. So what does that say? It says what it says. It's a promise of God. And if God says if we pray according to his word and his will that he hears us. So I'm not praying anything against God's will and I'm not praying anything against God's word. So he hears what we're praying. We just have to believe. We have to understand. And we have to make the decision. Are we going to live scared? Or are we going to accept the challenge? Whether we get sick or whatever, whether, whatever, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about just sickness tonight. Whatever the challenge is that may, that 
may rear its ugly head up against us, whatever that challenge is, whether it's financially, whether it's physically, whatever aspect that is, whatever challenge that is that rears its head against us, are we going to be scared and back away? Are we going to attack it? Are we going to attack that challenge with what the promise of God says? Are we going to accept what the word of God says about that? Are we going to accept the power of God that lives inside of us and acknowledge and accept what he's promised us and what is rightfully ours? In Philippians 4, verse 4 through 7, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. A lot of times when we face it, face a challenge or something like that, we begin to become anxious. But the word of God here, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Go to God in prayer. Talk to God daily. Let's address God. Say, God, I am your child. Here's your promise. Here's what you said. Bring to God what he said. Bring to God what he said. When we're faced with a challenge, we have the choice. We have to make the choice of what we allow it to do. It will either empower us. I've got some little things here. It says, it'll make you feel bold, like you're faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings. Anybody know the superhero? Who's that? Superman. Um, Detects danger with his spidey senses. Spider-Man. We can detect danger with that God sense, with that sense that God, oh, you're like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to go that way. That's that God sense. That's the Holy Spirit that God set in place for us. Superhuman strength. This one may be kind of, don't know, we'll see. Superhuman strength, durability, and power of flight. Superhuman speed, reflexes, and agility. Enhanced senses, including smell, vision, and hearing. Any ideas? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. (laughs) That is Wonder Woman. Um, We can allow the challenges to limit us or we can allow the challenges to make us feel very vulnerable. It's, this whole thing is up to us. How we, how we choose to address it, it's our choice what the challenge does for us and to us. It's our choice. It's not the challenge's choice. It's our choice. Whether we win or whether we lose, it's our choice. Because God has his word set in place, his promise is set in place, and we're set in place, so it's our choice whether we choose God's word and the promises that he tells us to stand on, or if we choose the other direction. It's totally our choice. If someone says you can't do it, God says yes you can. God says yes you can. 
Too many people blame success. Uh, too many people blame fa- their failures on God. I hear that so many times. Too many people blame uh, every failure that they have in life on God. And I'm tired of God getting the bum rap. God does not deserve the bum rap. He didn't do anything but good for us. And he doesn't deserve the bum rap. If you want success in life, if you want your $250,000 a year, you go out and make your $250,000 a year. You go out and convince that employer that you are the person for that job. When you look at a challenge or have a challenge, you've got to, number one, decide to make it happen. Just make it happen. Promotions and things have come my way in life. Uh, any, of the jobs that I've, uh, any of the jobs that I have had, um, I've gotten different promotions because I don't like to be told no. And I just, I don't like to be told no. That's, that's, maybe that's a problem I have, but I, I just, I don't like to be told no. Um, because there's always a possibility. If it's, if it's possible to happen, if it's, if they say, can we do it this way? We're going to try our best. There's some way that we can make it happen. I remember one promotion that I received. It was back when I worked for the cable company. We had a new manager come in, and that was before, like, he wanted to sign something, but he didn't want to sign every one of them. He wanted to make it digital, and people were like, no, we can't do that. We don't have that yet. We don't, we just, no, we can't do that, and I'm like, yeah, we can make that happen, and so I made it happen for him. I showed him, here's what we can do. Here's here's how we can handle that, and along with that, he saw my positive attitude, and he saw this girl's going to make it happen. So there came promotions and promotions and promotions after that. So we've got to make that decision to make it happen. In Matthew nineteen twenty six, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, With men, this may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. If we have the mind of Christ, all things are possible. All things that he has promised is possible for us. Let's start being an, being an example of God in this world and not being an example of what the world has tried to lead us into believing. Have you ever thought about a tiny seed in the ground? I brought this little bucket up here. This little, um, I've got some seeds in here. This is just a bunch of soil. And I do have, this is a little seed. I don't know if you can see it in my hand. It's so tiny. There's actually two of them in there. But that's it right there. You can't see it in between my fingers. And if I hold my hand out, it'll roll away. But have you ever thought about the tiny little seed? It has a purpose. But sometimes we feel like we're overcome. We feel like if there's a challenge that we're facing, that it's so heavy and we're so weighted down that there's no way out of it. But this little seed, it's in this mound of soil, and it's usually on the bottom of it. That's a lot of soil. And it's down on the bottom, and that soil is in greater quantity than that seed is. There's one seed. And that's, that soil is in greater quantity, and it is a lot heavier than that one little bitty seed. But that seed knows that it has a purpose. That seed knows that God has put that seed on this earth to serve a purpose. And you are a seed, and you are put on this earth to serve a purpose. And that is to minister to other people and to be example to this world of what God says that we can have. 
not to be not to be conformed to this world but to be an example to this world of what God says we can have and if when this seed is planted and it knows that its purpose is to grow and to nourish and to provide oxygen to provide food nourishment whatever we have need for whatever God put that seed on this earth for then as long as it's watered as long as it's nourished by the soil then you know what it's going to grow and it's going to serve its purpose and that's just like us if we water ourselves with the word of god and what he says that we can do and face up with that challenge then we're going to serve our purpose we don't have to conform to what this world says we can serve our purpose in matthew 17:20 it says because of jesus said to them because of your unbelief For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed and you say to this mountain, move from here to there, it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. I believe what the word of God says. If there's a mountain in front of you, whatever that may be, if there's a mountain right here and you say, God's word says, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, and you say to this mountain, God, you said, if I say to this mountain, move, it will move. So you need to believe what God's word said is truth and say, mountain, move. I believe that, and I'm going to continue believing that. And like I said earlier, I am going to be God's cheerleader, not like God needs a cheerleader, but I am going to be God's cheerleader. I'm going to believe God. I don't care what's thrown at me. I'm going to believe what God says. In Matthew 8, 26, uh, we don't have to be fearful. It talks about being fearful in that verse. It says that's where he rebuked the wind and the waves of the sea. He said, you don't have to be fearful. So he got up and he said, stop, calm down. And so the seas and the wind stopped and calmed down. In Luke 8, uh, 40, uh, I have 40 through 54. I'm not going to read all of it. Just, I'll just give, just a little, summarize it. Um, this is the woman with the issue of blood. When my, I, I've told this story a long time ago. When my grandma was in the hospital, the only time I ever knew my grandmother, grandmother to be in the hospital is when she fell at the age of 91 and broke her hip. And so when she did that, uh, she never opened her eyes again. She was in the hospital, but um, and she was just writhing in pain. Just and my grandmother was she was the most modest person ever. And but laying there in the hospital, she just wasn't herself. So she would just rip the sheets and the coverings off of her. So we just have to cover her back up. But but before my grandmother went into the hospital, we would talk about God all the time, even in the nursing home that she was in. We talk about God all the time. One of the last times I prayed with her, she just she was just praying in tongues because she loved God, she loved the Holy Spirit, she loved Jesus, and even up until that point. So when I went to the hospital to see my grandma when she was laying there, she never acknowledged anyone because um, she never opened her eyes. She she would turn from side to side and just be in pain. Um. So I went up there and I read her, Luke 8, about the woman with the issue of blood. And I said, Grandma, Jesus said to this lady, um, first he was talking to uh, Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came to him and fell at his feet and said, Jesus, 
um, come, my daughter is sick. Uh, and be- he begged Jesus to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years old. She was dying. But as Jesus went through the, mu- went, the multitudes thronged him. There were so many people there. Just the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any of them, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? All these people were around him. So many people had to be touching Jesus. But he knew somebody touched him, believing that they would be healed. Knew that they came to him for a purpose, and not just as a fan. They knew, he knew that they came to him on, that she came to him on purpose. He said, "Who touched me?" When all denied it, Peter, uh, Peter, and those with him said, "Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, "Who touched me?" And Jesus said, "Somebody touched me, for I, for I perceived power going out of me." Now, when the woman saw she was not hidden, she came to him trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all of the people the reason she had touched him, how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So when I went to the hospital and I read that to my grandmother, she was laying in bed. Her head was turned one way and I was laying with her on this side. And I read her this scripture and she turned her head to me and she nodded. Never opening her eyes, she turned her head to me and she nodded, acknowledging that the word of God is truth. And she knows what the word of God says. And that made me rest assured that my family members know what the word of God says. And they believe that God is real and that God is just and that he is faithful to perform That's what, that what he's promised. But then it goes on to say, while he was still speaking, someone came from that ruler's synagogue house saying to him your daughter's dead don't trouble the teacher anymore but Jesus heard it he answered and said don't be afraid only believe don't be afraid y'all don't be afraid only believe and she will be made well when Jesus came to the house he permitted no one to go in except for Peter James John the father and the mother of the girl Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, don't weep, everybody. She is not dead, but she's just sleeping. And they ridiculed him. So what did he do? He said, get out. Get out of here. Get out. And so then he went over to the girl, took her hand, called and said, come on, little girl, get up. And she arose what do you think they, and I didn't go further, but what did those people do when Jesus walked her right out of the room and said, the little girl that you laughed at and ridiculed me for, here she is right here. It says, don't be afraid, only believe. We have to believe. We have to believe no matter what, no matter what the outcome is. We cannot lose our hope and our faith in God. We cannot say, well, God just did it. No. No, God did not. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Not God. And we have to understand that when we do this, 
And when we believe that it not only makes a difference in our lives, but it makes a difference in everybody else's life around us because people are watching. We are being an influence to other people. We're being an influence to the world. Let's start, let's start being an influence that the world wants to come in. The world is like, man, those Christians over there at Church on the Move, people are walking out of there with limbs that they didn't walk in with. People are walking out being able to see when they walked in they couldn't see. People are getting raised from the dead. I'm not saying anything that God's word didn't say. I'm not saying anything that God's word doesn't say. It says I can lay my hands on the sick and they will recover. It says the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me. It makes a difference to other people. David and Goliath. Just a couple of stories. Just David and Goliath. The people ahead of David didn't want to fight the Philistine because he was so big. He was a big giant. The big challenge ahead of you. Standing in front of you. The humongous challenge. Whatever it's starting a new business. Whether it's a sickness. Whatever it may be. The humongous challenge. The humongous Philistine standing in front of you. David said, I conquered the bear, I conquered the lion, I can conquer this uncircumcised Philistine. What uncircumcised challenge is standing in front of you tonight? Conquer the uncircumcised challenge, the uncircumcised Philistine. To God, to God it ain't nothing. To God, he cares about you. So the things that concern you, concern him. So he cares about you. But to God, it's all good. It's, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We can conquer it. Yeah, yeah. Moses, Aaron, and her, they went up to the mountain. God told Moses to sit on the, uh, I I could read this, uh, went up to the top of the hill, and Moses held up his hands. When he held up his hands, Israel prevailed in the war. But when he got tired and he let his hands down, the other team began to win. And so Aaron and Hur said, man, we've got to come alongside him. We need people to come alongside of us. We need to go alongside of him. So we're going to raise his hands up. So they came on either side and they say, we're going to win the war. The people around us are saying, come on, y'all can win. You can beat this. You can beat it. Come on, we're going to win together. And that's what they did. The battle was won. And at the end, verse 15, it says, the Lord is my banner. Ha, the Lord's my banner. I won. The Lord's my banner. Paul and Silas. I love this. I love it. They began to sing praises. We're singing praises up here. And when we're singing praises, y'all should just be praising as hard as you can out here. Because the chains were loosed. Not only on them were the chains loosed, but on them too were the chains loosed. The jailers got scared thinking thinking somebody is going to get in trouble. Because all these doors are now open. Somebody stole my keys and unlocked all these doors and all these handcuffs. Nope. 
they began to sing praises. They were wrongfully imprisoned. They were beaten. Oh my goodness, if somebody came up to you and they were thronging you, beating you, slashing you, whatever, deny Christ, deny Christ, beating you and giving you a hard time and then throwing you in prison, would we make the decision to back Christ or go ahead and, oh, stop hitting me, please stop hitting me and deny Christ? So the people were affected around them. They got saved. And so now, now everybody around them saw that that was the truth. And then they tried to let them go in secret saying, oh, just shh, just let them go. No, no, you're the people that put us in this prison. You're going to come let us go. You're going to announce to everybody that you did wrong and you're going to come let us go. No, you're not getting away that easy. When my, um, when my grandmother was in, she ended up passing away. When she was in hospice and she did pass away, we were there. Bobby and I were there. I think he was out in the hall and I was inside the room with her. And, uh, and as she passed away, I said, uh, I said, does anyone want to sing a song? Vicki, it's not time to sing a song. And I accepted. I accepted it. But you know what? It is time to sing a song. It is time to sing a song. Because God loves us so much. And we're just bringing praise to Him. We're just honoring Him. We're just loving on Him. That's all That's all a song is. It's, it's just loving on God in a different way other than talking or praying. You're just singing a song. The song that we sang a while ago, You're Never Gonna Let Me Down. You're never going to let me down. You are so good. You're never going to let me down. God will never let us down. No matter what we think, no matter how many things buffet us, no matter how many petals are pulled off of us, how many times they're pulled off of us, God's never going to let us down. You stick by God's side. Please, you stick by God's side. And last... But my goodness, not least by any means, Jesus Christ. When he was walking down the road, carrying the cross, and people were calling him names, people were probably throwing things at him. He was being wrongfully accused, thinking about us, people he'd never met before, people, people he... God didn't know us. I mean... Yes, it says he knew us before we were before we were in our mother's wombs. But he did it for each and every one of us. So what an example to follow, but Jesus Christ. And he did it for every single one of us. When he died on the cross, he was a man in human flesh. He died just as if any of us would be beaten. It hurt him in the flesh just like it would hurt any of us. And I thank him every single day for making that sacrifice, for taking that challenge head on and saying, I'm doing this for Vicki. I'm doing this for Church on the Move. I'm doing this for the world so that they will come and so that they will face that challenge. So they'll face off. They'll face off with that challenge that knowing that they can endure, that they can overcome, that, that they can make it happen. It's not bigger than you are. 
I promise it's not bigger than you are. Some things, yeah, it's, it's going to seem way, way bigger than you are. But it's not bigger than you are. It's not bigger than what God is. God says, just believe. In one of the earlier scriptures that I read, God said, just believe. Just say, God, it's yours. I can't do anything else. Father, we thank you tonight. With every part of who we are, I pray that we would just believe you. When we think that we believe you, I pray that we would go another step and believe even greater. Press on. May we press on. May we press on and beat that Philistine. Father, may we read your word and see that the bear and the lion were slain and that big, humongous giant that stood in front of David. Father, that he was able to take it down with your help. And Father, with your help, we don't have to settle. We don't have to settle for what the world tells us. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful for you tonight. I'm so thankful for you. Everything that you've said to us, everything that you've said in our hearts, I pray that it just instills a greater passion and a greater fire in each and every one of these people here tonight. Father, may it burn within us. May your word burn within us so that we can reach greater, so that we can do greater. And so that we can know greater things and accomplish greater things in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.